0: Hi, thanks for coming to today's podcast. We're reading Limitless Love. In the midst of a storm, May 13th. Let's pray. Father, creator of heaven and earth, Lord, we trust you to guide us. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, thank you for healing us. Thank you for demonstrating your love through us. By your stripes we're healed. Jesus, we're made Good through your blood, in Jesus' name, amen. In the midst of a storm, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there was arose a great storm of the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But Jesus himself was asleep, and they came to him and awoke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. He said to them, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. Matthew 8, 26 New American Standard. <clears throat> Every one of us can identify with the disciples of this passage. At times in our lives, when we're endeavoring to live by faith, we become frightened by circumstances. We let the waves of doubt overwhelm our souls, and we qualify for the same loving rebuke the Master gave to that first boat of followers. Why are you afraid, you man of little faith? Actually, that's not only a rebuke, it's a question worth answering. If you study the Greek meanings behind the phrase translated little faith, you'll find it refers not only to something that is so slight and small, but to something of short duration. So we should ask ourselves, why we so often (laughs) run out of faith in the middle of the storm? Why do we let fear cut faith short just when we need it the most? Usually it's because our faith in God's word isn't fully backed by confidence in his love. Again, usually it's because our faith in God's word isn't fully backed by confidence in his love. We know what he said he'll do for us. He said he'll heal us, provide for us, protect us. No doubt about that, but when the winds of trouble blow and the clouds of circumstance threaten, we begin to wonder if he's forgotten about us. It may seem to us he is asleep at the helm, insensitivity and unresponsive to our plight. At those times, however, we can show up our faith, we can extend it, it's life by remaining our, reminding ourselves of God's unfailing love. When the first flash of fear arises and we catch ourselves thinking, what if God doesn't provide for me this time? What if he doesn't heal me? We should stop right there and say, no, I refuse to think that way. I refuse to entertain that fear because I know my Father loves me. He loves me so much that he gave himself for me. He loves me so much, He promised He never, for a single moment, leave me or forsake me. If at those times of crisis we'll remind ourselves of our Father's loving care, our fate will endure if we consider how Jesus has proven His compassion by the great sacrifice He has already made for us. We won't grow weary and faint in our minds, Hebrews 12, 3. We'll realize God has not only given us His word, He has given us his heart, and even in the midst of the storm, we know we are safe and secure in his love. Amen. Beautiful. Our next reading, May 14th, is the key to freedom and fullness of joy. These things, these things I have spoken to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. John 15, to 13 New American Standard Of all the New Testament writers, the Apostle John had the greatest revelation of love. In his Gospel account, in his letters to the church, he makes it clear that walking with God and walking in love go hand in hand. You cannot do one without the other. He also reveals that walking in love, even though it requires us to lay down our lives for others, is not a distressing or depressing thing. On the contrary, it is the key to fullness of joy. The very idea of laying down your life for someone else being a joyful thing is absolutely contrary to natural worldly way of thinking. The world says if you want any happiness, you have to go after that, after what you want first and foremost. You have to look out for yourself because no one else would do it for you. According to worldly standards, that's the normal way to live. Yet self-centered people invariably struggle with depression and oppression. They can't sleep. Their relationship are shallow and unsatisfying. The lifestyle of love, however, is actually the opposite. Love says don't seek your own interests first, but the interests of others. Bear one another's burdens if you want to be great. Be the servant of all. The devil will try to talk you out of the lifestyle, that lifestyle. He'll tell you that if you put other people first, you'll never have anything For yourself he'll tell you that if you serve others they'll walk all over you and you'll end up miserable and sad but those are just lies the fact is the more you lose sight of yourself the happier you will be the more you are focused on blessing others the more abundantly you'll be blessed a friend of mine once told me of a time when his life when he was unhappy and things just weren't going the way he had planned He spent hours on his knees rehearsing, rehashing his problems and asking God to help. Eventually, he heard the voice of the Lord saying, Son, if you'll just forget about yourself, most of your problems will evaporate. That's not really what he wanted to hear right there and then, but he took it to heart, got his mind off himself and focused instead on serving others. Recently, he said to me, you show me someone who has matured in God, and I'll show you someone who has the ability to go length of time without thinking about himself. I'll show you someone who has discovered what it means to walk in freedom and fullness of joy. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful readings. May 15, Kenneth open. Creation speaks of his love. Psalms 33, 5 says, The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The Bible repeatedly declares that creation itself, God's beautiful world and everything wonderful within it, is an expression of the power of the na- nature of God. Psalm 19:1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show His handiwork. Psalm 50, verse 6 says, the heavens shall declare His righteousness. Romans one nineteen and 20 says, That which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made. Consider those statements in light of the fact that God's nature is love, and you'll realize that God is constantly declaring His love for you, not only through the words of the Bible and through the witness of His Spirit in your heart, but through creation itself. The reason the flowers are pretty is because God loves you. The reason fruit tastes good is because God loves you. The reason the shine The sun shines is because God loves you. The reason the rain comes in the spring is because God loves you. The reason flowers are pretty and girls have a sweet voice is because God loves you. (laughs) But Brother Copeland, you might ask, what about all those things in the earth that aren't good? Aren't those expressions of God as well? No, they're not. They're an expression of the nature of the devil who through his sin has warped the earth and robbed it of its full glory. That's why Romans 8 says, The whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. New American Standard. Looking forward to the return of Jesus and, and the completion of his redemption plan, lest God the day is coming when God's great love will drive out every damnable thing in this earth that has ever caused his children pain. The day is coming when he will deliver creation itself from decay and corruption and bring it into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Until then, however, he will see to it that the best this old earth has to offer is made available to his children. He will continue to give us all good things to enjoy. As he does, we need to receive every one of them as an expression of his compassion and tender care we need to see in every blossom of spring we need to hear in the voice of every bird that sings the voice of our heavenly father telling us he loves us amen i once bought 5 acres of land up in orville in the mountains and it had a plant that was a twist red and hard and twisted very very hard and it was just a unproductive bush, and it was all over the place, and it just kept growing, and just uh, made it impossible for you to plant regular uh, bushes. The only thing that survived was the pine trees. I was able to grow along with it. So I I sharpened a golf w- w- a putter where it was like a knife, and I would go around cutting the little stems that were growing all over the place to keep them from becoming adults. You know, it's part of the curse, I believe. (laughs) And once I was up by Diamond uh, Mountain up in Northern California, uh, where actually Devil Mountain they called it, Black Mountain, Devil Mountain, something like that, and there they had a, a ad there that they there was a, a herb or not even a herb of some kind of plant like echinacea but it was a bad and it was taken over. It came from Europe and it, it had infested the whole hillside and and it was eating up the grass and the cows were being pushed and pushed back because of that unable to contain that seed that was just Multiplied it and kind of like a curse, curse in the ground. Uh, my son asked me one time, "Dad, why did God make mosquitoes?" And he would always stump me. I was thinking, "Well, I don't know," <laughs> and uh, probably be, it's part of the curse. Mosquitoes, probably flies, are in that. You know, we we. But we found out if you talk to the flies, they'll go to the light. They'll go to the light of the screen and they'll, and it's kind of funny around here. I say, did you talk to the fly? Go to the light. They usually obey We keep them from killing them and let them out. I love you. God bless you. Give them heaven. Remember, this is God's earth. Let's continue to bless it. And blessed, blessings will come back to us when we bless others. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, family. Rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Let's give thanks unto our Father God in heaven. Thank you, Father, for loving us, for cleansing us with the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. We are, say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say with me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say this, say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I believe that I am loved. I am believe that I am fully alive. I believe that I am loved by the Father. I believe that I am loved by the Son. I am a child of God. I am loved by Jesus. I am loved by the Holy Spirit. And I love myself. All, I love you and I forgive you. I love you and I forgive you. I love you and I forgive you. Amen. Little cleansing of the arteries. <laughs> Good morning, Why Rise up and rise up and walk. Take up your dreams and walk. Move it, move it, soldier. Time to rise up and give God the glory. No more whippering and coulda, shoulda, woulda. Let's move on. I heard in a meeting saying Let's move on from trouble to trouble, from accomplishment to accomplishment, from solution to solution. Here we go. Uh, Reading today of Kenneth and and Gloria Copeland's book, Limitless Love. I'll be reading May 11 and 12. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord God, for being our daddy. Thank you for giving us this time. On the earth's timeline, thank you, Lord God, that we may be a shining light to others to see. Lord, put the word in the flicker of our joy, Lord God, that we may seek, develop, and know thee better and better. Thank you for today's mercies. We say yes and amen. Thank you for today's supply. We say yes and amen. Thank you, Lord God, for restoration. Restore, Lord We are saying restore in unison, Lord. We are saying restore. Restore our finances. Restore our health. Restore our dreams, Lord. Restore our energy. Restore what the enemy has taken for us, Lord. Make us equipped, able to do your will. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. May 11th, Limitless Love. The only safe place to be he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the follower and from the noisy pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings thou shalt trust. Psalms 91, verses 1-4. through 4. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my rock and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the follower and from noisy pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings. Thou shalt trust. Amen. When calamity strikes, excuse me, when calamity strikes, it is frequently, as it frequently does, in these dangerous days, and the innocent lose their lives, people often question the love of God. How could a God, who is good and kind, allow that to happen to people? They ask. Why didn't he do something to save them? The answer is, is in every case, is the same. He did. God is not by nature a dominator of mankind. Although He dearly loves everyone, He will not force even those He loves to receive or respond to the help He offers. He will not force them from a course of action they have chosen, no matter how costly that course might be. That's why God can only guarantee protection to the person who dwells in the secret place of the Most High and abides under the shadow of the Almighty. Those are the only ones who are sure to respond to His warnings. Only those who live in His secret place are certain to hear His voice and run to the refuge He provides. One fellow minister and dear friend of mine can give personal testimony to that. Some years ago, he and a number of other people he knew were booked on a particular flight to Detroit. And God spoke to him and said, don't get on that airplane. Stay where you are. Manly, he struggled with that instructions because he had appointments to keep. He needed to be on that flight, but he knew the Lord loved him and had his best interest in his heart. So he obeyed. It was a good thing he did because the plane crashed and burned just outside Detroit that day. Several other believers he knew who were supposed to be on the flight had the same experience. In every case, God dealt with them one way or another and let them know they shouldn't get on it. Most of them obeyed and were saved. Sadly, a couple of them didn't. My friend warned one of these people himself by telling him what the Lord had said, but that person didn't listen and he lost his life. When I asked my friend how we can continue to live in that secret place and enjoy that kind of protection, he gave me this answer. Live every day close to God, loving Him and loving your fellow man. A step out of love is a step outside the shadow of the Almighty. Did you hear that? We are to live every day praising and worshiping God, staying close to Him by listening and like we're doing now, loving Him and and loving your fellow man. A step out of this is a step outside the shadows of the Almighty. That's an answer, answer we should take to heart in dangerous days like these. Because the shadow of our loving God is the only safe place to be. Commentary by Fernando. Notice that in Psalm 91, there's two principles that I see right here. It says, I will say of the Lord. So I'm going to change the molecules around me. I'm going to change the day to day. I'm going to prophesy the future. If I have God living on the inside of me, And God knows that I can prophesy into the future and change my atmosphere. I'm going to say, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the follower and from the noisy pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shall thou trust. You know, uh, to get to the point of trust, that's my second point. When you trust is because you came out of hazardous situations and you're under and you know that these words work because you went through an experience. So this is a good way to learn, either through uh, saying it and experiencing his trust or going through calamity and getting beaten up and then saying it and then learning to trust. Sadly, most of us learn the latter way. I will say of the Lord. Another point that came up, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is telling me, is my inner child is saying to my soul, or my soul is saying to my inner child, one or the other, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. And then it, it turns to a it turns to a third person. It says, "Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the follower, and from the noisy pestilence, He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shall thou trust." Okay, the the soul is saying something about God. The soul is saying, "I will say of the Lord." And then the soul turns around and talks to the flesh, and tells the flesh, "He talks to himself. Surely he shall deliver you. Don't look down and sad. He will deliver you from the snare of the follower, from the tricky, tricky evil, from the noisy pestilence." He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under the wings shall thou trust. Amen. So that's what I experienced. God took me from a noisy pestilence. He took me from uh, tricky tricky people trying to get you into sin and situations. He has covered me with his feathers. So now that we are under his wings, we shall trust with praise and thanksgiving and rejoicing. We don't have to learn that lesson again. It seems like we keep learning the same lessons over and over again that we need to continue to be believing God all in trust. We're to act like we have a mighty God, trust him and praise Him. Act like the victory is a done deal. We 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 got it made. We're gonna live forever. Alright? That's we don't have anything to lose, everything to gain to act that way. Put on the music, get the the old instrument out of the closet, out of the attic. And let's start praising the Lord. When I was a brand new Christian in the 80s, I thought of, of having my own church. I was so excited about praising God and worshiping Him. And they only had about 20 minutes. And I said, man, I said, and then goes the preaching and the preaching was like, uh I I was miss the preaching was good, you know, it made me cry. It really cut my heart up. But the worship was just in a, it seemed like we were in heaven in that little church. The lady that played Mrs. Sales had a, an Italian little lady. She just played the piano and all her kids and and son in laws were in the choir and they sang and they I was just truly in in another world. And then I would ask the guys, Did you record the, the singing? No, they just recorded the thing. And they had. So I said, Hmm. So I see ministers today, all they do is worship and they give testimony if God has touched anybody in prayer. And they skip the preaching of the word they come to, to praise God and get healed and get get situations righted. Ha! That's, what, that's the church I used to imagine, you know, that we would just have all day long on Saturday. Just bring your instrument. Let's go one song after another, praise the Lord, in the songbook. Everybody bring your instrument. You get tired, we get another orchestra up there and we get a bunch of choirs singing. Just praising the Lord all day long. Ha, ha, ha. Just like they do in heaven. Amen. Huh. <laughs> may 12th. Limitless love. Sowing and reaping in love. Every man according as he purpose in his heart. Let him give not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 and 8. Over the years, believers have learned about the principles of sowing and reaping. We've seen in the Word what happens if we give. It will be given to us again. If we plant a seed, we'll have a harvest. Excuse me. That is the scriptural principles but it is not a mechanical one. You can't just give away money and have it automatically come back to you, multiplied again. No, the working of any spiritual principle depends entirely on the condition of the heart. You may be shocked to hear me say this, but the fact is, increase doesn't come to every giver, it comes to those who give cheerfully in faith from a heart of love. Ananias and Sapphira fire proved that, they gave a substantial gift to Jerusalem Church financially speaking. That was a big seed they were planting, but their harvest wasn't blessing and increase. Their harvest was a quick departure from the planet because their hearts were wrong. They weren't giving because they loved the Lord and wanted to be a blessing. They were giving from a motive of selfish and pride. This story proves that money in itself isn't seed. You might say it is just the husk of a seed. It's what's inside the husk that counts. When filled with love, our financial seeds come alive. They become the means by which we release compassion. Although it encourages us to know God will bless us in return and enable us to keep on giving, that's not the reason we give. If we're giving from a heart of love, we'll give tithes and offerings whether or not we ever get anything back we'll do it because we love people we'll do it because we want them to hear god's word Uh, am i saying that everyone who hasn't received a harvest on their giving had a wrong motive certainly not sometimes we're given in love but then fail to receive our harvest because we didn't fully trust god god's love for us we start thinking wow That was a big gift I gave. I emptied my savings account. What if God doesn't bless me? What will I do? Our faith falters because we fail to see the simple truth. If God's love isn't in us, won't allow our brother's needs to go unmet, then surely his love for us cannot allow our need to go unmet. The more I study the love of God, the more I realize it's the bottom line. When we're trusting in and operating by that love, every spiritual principle works flawlessly in our favor. When we're working and believing God's love, we simply can't help but be blessed. Amen. Amen. I was thinking uh I read 1 John 1 through 5 for uh for a whole year out loud. And I had about over $30,000 in debt, credit cards, no job, no future. Everything turned around. It's exactly like uh, this Kenny Copeland said, if you read First John 1 through 5 on a daily basis, out loud, your financial situation will be over. And other things, you know, loneliness will disappear Um, lack of motivation will disappear. Adventure will sit in place. Great things will happen. And they did, and they have. And they continue to have. Now you're hearing my voice in other countries. Isn't that a miracle? Our experiences, we come to fellowship and bless each other. Thank you for praying for me, by the way. I feel your prayers. I feel your prayers. Thank you, and I pray that you feel my prayers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Establish you in every which way and smile on you. Amen. I love you. Greetings, welcome, and thank you for coming to today's podcast for May the 10th, Limitless Love, I like to call it Unlimited Love, Unconditional Love, 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 Love. Thanks so much. We'll be reading today, and it's Kenneth Copeland, Act Like You Believe It, very important point. Out of James 2.26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so fate without works is dead also. I'm um, Fernando, and again, welcome. Let's go ahead and open with a session, with a prayer. Lord, grant that I may see you in your word, that I may hear you and act upon it. Thank you so much, Lord God, for acting A movement plays such a vital role in my faith to activate my faith. Thank you for our Genuine salvation, Lord, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, James 2.26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. If you believe God loves you, then you need to act like you believe it. Otherwise, according to this scripture, your faith is lifeless. Your unbelieving actions keep it from having any practical effect. Think, for instance, about the person who says he believes God loves him, but whenever he prays, instead of coming boldly before the throne of grace, confidently asking for what he needs, he crawls in there whining and pleading like an unworthy beggar. That person's actions short-circuit his faith. Nine times out of ten, he'll come out of that situation not having received what he asked for and wondering why. Why? People like that remind me of how my daughter Kelly acted when she was a little when she was little and going through a whining phase. She tried to ask me for something, but that whining tone of voice was almost impossible to understand. What's more, it was aggravating. Finally one day I said, "Kelly, just stop that. I love you. I am not going to hurt you and I want to give you what you want, but you can't talk to me without that whining." then don't talk to me at all. As I said, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I appreciate it if you do the same. Of course, I was embarrassed he had to say it, but I'm glad he did. In the years since, I learned it's practically impossible to do something for someone who is acting like that, no matter how much you want to. Even Jesus himself couldn't do it. He once dealt with a syrophoenician woman who followed him around crying and begging him to help her demon possessed daughter she must have had some faith or she wouldn't have been trailing after him but she short-circuited by her unbelieving approach finally jesus turned to her and basically said i not been sent to help gentile dogs like you to us That might sound mean, but Jesus wasn't being mean. He loved that woman and wanted to provoke her so that she cast off that whining attitude, say something, some words of faith, and open the door for him to heal her daughter. He succeeded too. She demonstrated some spiritual backbone after that. She stood up and said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Matthew fifteen twenty seven, New American Standard. When she did, Jesus said to her the same thing he's longing to say to us O woman, O man, your faith is great, be it, it done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Verse twenty eight New American Standard Acting as is. acting as is i have a little uh, story once upon a time there was a truck driver who started selling real estate and he did really good as a matter of fact he sold a lot of houses and was a success but after a while because he didn't have a clock to punch in and and the business was day and night and the and the problems were horrendous of termites and Escrows and loans and rates changing, that he finally got get lost interest. So he he gave it up and he just started uh, back to driving truck, happy, joyous, and free. Then after a while, he uh, he stopped driving after a few years and got hurt he couldn't drive anymore because his back had locked up. They were thinking about surgery, but he decided to walk it out, walk it out, walk it out. One day, he was going to go deposit his unemployment check, but he had to go across town. So what? that day, he washed his car, waxed it, shined his shoes, Put on one of his old real estate suits, a black one with a white shirt and a tie, got all dressed up and went across town on his car to deposit his check. He went and deposited and he was acting as if. And then he stopped by to get a milkshake and a hamburger at In N Out Hamburger. Driving home, his cell phone went off and it was Fox Studios. Fox Studios wanted him to come in and take some pictures to see if he fit the person they needed. He had registered a couple of months before and lo and behold, they 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 helped him and he got on there. And everything turned out well. Anyway, what I'm trying to tell you, I, That was me, and I was acting as if, acting as I had a job, acting as if all things were well, and that things did turn out very well, and they continue to do well. There's something about shining our shoes and acting as if. I have numerous guys that they didn't have work, and I, I told the same principle. Clean your tools, get your shoes fixed, make your lunch. Get up early. Let's act like you have a job and you're going to go to the job. And we'll see you at the prayer meeting. And sure enough, a couple of them, I tell you the truth, they're making over $100,000 today. They acted as if. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his gowns and give you peace, establish you in every wish way. And smile on you and be your best friend in Jesus' name. Amen. Living as Love, May 8. Facts, not feelings. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and moral, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 American Standard One thing you absolutely must do to successfully develop your faith in God's love is give His word priority over your feelings. You have to make a decision that you're going to believe God's word even when your emotions contradict it. You must determine in advance that God's word is true and that the way you feel about it doesn't count. And the way you feel about it doesn't count. When circumstances in life are a mess or someone has hurt you and you start feeling like God doesn't love you, don't give it to in to that and start talking on belief don't indulge in a session of self-pity and say well i just don't feel very loved right now things are so hard i feel like if god loved me he'll do something to help me now you take authority over your emotions and get right back in faith and stand on the word of god you say i am not moved by how i feel and i am not moved by these circumstances around me the word says god loves me and i believe he does the word says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. So I believe he is right in here with me, helping me with this mess, and together we'll get it straightened out. Over the years, I found this is one of the most difficult things people to do for people, because most folks equate love with feelings. They think if they don't feel love, they don't have any. They think if they feel rejected and unwanted, then they are. But I am warning you the devil will mess with your feelings because they aren't spiritual. They're part of your soul, just like the devil will put symptoms on your body so you'll believe and receive sickness. He'll also put emotional symptoms on you that make you feel unloved. If you believe those symptoms, you'll be stuck in that condition. If you stay with the word, however, it will divide soul with from spirit. It will help you to separate spiritual truth from soulish emotions. And as you continue in that word, eventually your emotions will fall in line. Then you'll not only believe, you will also feel loved. In the meantime, remember it's when you don't feel like God loves you that you most need to believe it It's at those times that you need to think about facts, not feelings. The fact is, God paid the highest conceivable price to save you and make you part of his eternal family. He not only said he loved you, he proved it by sending Jesus. Great love has no one than this that one laid down his life for his friends. That's a fact more powerful than any feeling you could ever have. That's the love God has for you. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's go ahead and read Psalms 8 for today and Psalm 38 and so on and so forth. Psalm 8. The excellent of wisdom. Excuse me, that's Proverbs 8. Okay, let's go ahead and read Proverbs 8. So it won't, it's here. Oops, I lost both of them. Well, well, well. Here we go. Hang on a minute. I had something to say about that reading, um, about feelings and only the Word of God is true. To praise Him and to think of our emotions changes the whole situation. Here we go. Let's try this again. Psalms 8. Let's go back to Psalms for original intention. It says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praises of children, infants, and birds, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the fall and the adventure. When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you take care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands and you put everything under their feet. All flock and herds and all the animals of the wild, little birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim the path of the sea, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The the reason that we feel emotions and all that is because we're not doing our homework. What is doing our homework is getting our tank full like we're doing right now with the word of God. And he told us in that song, when we sing songs of praise and worship, then we will be confident and joyful and feel loved when we put something in the stove. Amen. What is our part in it? How do we minister to God? Lord, Psalm 38. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Your arrows have pierced me, and your hands have come down on me. Because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. There is no soundness in my bones because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There is no help in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. All my longings lie open before you, Lord. My sign is not hidden from you. My heart pounds, my strength fails me, even the light has gone from my eyes. My friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds, my neighbors stay far away. Those who want to kill me set their traps. those who would harm me talk of my ruin. All day long they scheme and lie. I am like a deaf who cannot hear, like the mute who cannot speak. I have become like one who does not hear, whose mouth can offer no reply. Lord, I wait for you. You will answer. Lord, my God, for I said, do not let them gloat over, exalt themselves over me when my feet slip. For I am about to fall and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. Many have become my enemies without cost. Those who hate me without reason are innumerous. Those who repay my good with evil lodged accusations against me. Though I seek only to do what is good. Lord, do not forsake me. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly to help me, my Lord and my Savior. It's better to be in the seek the Lord and receive His blessings for seeking Him than to wait until I get uncomfortable and then I have to seek the Lord because I didn't do my homework. And then I start groaning and crying. As we saw King David express it on that psalm. in psalm 68 king david says may god arise may his enemies be scattered may his foes flee before him may you blow them away like smoke as wax melts before the fire may the wicked perish before god but may the righteous be glad and rejoice before god may they be happy and joyful Sing to God, sing in praise of his name, exalt him who rise on the clouds. Rejoice before him, his name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God says the lonely in families, he leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a son's scorched land. When you, God, went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth shook, the heavens poured down rain before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel, you gave abundant showers, O God, you refresh your weary inheritance, your people settle in it, and from your bounty, God, you provide for the poor, The Lord announced the word and the women who proclaimed it are a mighty throng. Kings and armies flee in haste. The women at home divide the plunder. Even while you sleep among the sheep pens, the wings of my dove are, sh- are covered with silver, its feathers with shining gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings of the land, It was like snow falling on the mountain's helmet. Mount Bashan, majestic mountain. Mount Bashan, rugged mountain. Why gaze in envy, you rugged mountain, at the mountain where God chooses to reign, where the Lord himself will dwell forever? The chariots of God are ten thousands of thousands and thousands and thousands. The Lord has come from Sinai into his sanctuary. When you ascend on high, you took many captives, you received gifts from people, even from the rebellious, that you, Lord God, might dwell there. Praise be the Lord to our God, our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Our God is a God who saves from the sovereign Lord, comes escape from death. Surely God will crush the head of his enemies, the high crown of those who go on in their sins the Lord says I will bring them from Bashan I will bring them from the depths of the sea that your feet may wade in the blood of your foes while your tongue of your dogs have their share your processions God has come into view the procession of my God and King into the sanctuary in front of the singers after them the musicians With them are the young women playing the timbrels. Praise God in the great congregation. Praise the Lord in the assembly of Israel. There is the little tribe of Benjamin leading them. There is the great throng of Judah's princes. And there the princes of Zebulun and of Naphtali. Summon your power, God. Show us your strength, our God, as you have done before. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings will bring you gifts. Rebuke the beasts among the knees, the herd of bulls among the cows. Oh, uh, the nation. Humble may the beast brings bars of silver. Scatter the nations who delight in war. Envoys will come from Egypt. Cush will submit herself to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord, to him who rides across the highest heaven, the ancient heaven, who thunder with mighty voice. Proclaim the God of power, whose majesty is over Israel, whose power is in the heavens. You, God, are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people Amen. Psalm 98. One of my favorite Psalms. A friend of mine drove that Psalm in my heart. My guy that was working for the water and power, he was a linesman up in the electrical, putting wires together, and he had an accident with 24,000 bolts. went through one hand and came the other and he died up on the pole and they, and they had to go up there and get him and the men that got him got burnt in their hands because he was on fire. The man lived and he told me he went to heaven and he saw all his relatives coming towards him and he said he could see through them like they had white robes on He came back to earth and he had no no skin that his skin was like callus all over his chest and back where he got burned. And it couldn't breathe. It didn't have any pores so he would pass out a lot. I met him in the program and he taught me this psalm right here. Sing to the Lord a new song. Psalm 89. Psalm 98. Excuse me, Psalm 98. His name was Carl Calder. Sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have worked salvation for Him. The Lord has made His salvation known and revealed His righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilation song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp. With the harp and the sound of, the, of singing. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the word and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. He will judge the people with equity. Psalm 129, they have greatly oppressed me from my youth, let Israel sing. They have greatly oppressed me from my youth, but they have not gained victory over me. All men have ploughed my back and made their furrows long, but the Lord is righteous. He has kept me free from the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be turned back in shame. May they be like grass on the roof which withers before it can grow a reaper cannot fill his hands with it nor one who gathers fills his arms and <clears throat> may those who pass by not say to them the blessing of the lord be on you we bless you in the name of the lord i say to you family the blessings of the lord be upon you we bless you in the name of the lord Welcome to today's reading, May 9th, Uh, Limitless Love, I've been calling it Unlimited Love, so it's the same thing, I guess, Limitless Love, Unlimited Love, Meditation That Makes a Difference, this is by Kenneth Copeland, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 1.8 Since meditating on God's love is a vital part of developing your faith in, the, in that love, You need to understand what meditation actually is. It's more than just memorization or mentally repeating certain scriptures. When you meditate on God's word, you think deeply about it. You ask yourself a question, what will help you apply it? Say, for example, you're meditating on Romans 8.37. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You might ask yourself, how does that truth change my life? Since God's love for me makes me more than a conqueror, how should I be approaching the challenge I'm facing right now? Have I been expecting God's love to help me triumph over them? Have I been thinking, talking, and acting like more than a conqueror? Fellowship with the Holy Spirit about those things. Ask Him to help you identify areas of your life where this verse needs to be applied. Let Him help you paint an inner image of yourself with such confidence in God's love for you that you are bold and triumphant in areas of your life where you've probably been fearful and defeated. Spend time seeing yourself the way God's Word says you are, dearly loved and mightily victorious on the battlefield of life. You are dearly loved, God's favored, and mightily victorious in the battlefield of life. The word (laughs) meditate also means to mutter, talk, or utter. So if you think... Excuse me. So if you think about the love of God, speak it out. Say it to yourself in the form of confession of faith. God loves for me more... God's love for me makes me more than a conqueror over the financial challenges in my life. Because He loves me, He meets my every need. Debt is defeated, lack is turned back. I am the beloved of the Lord, and those things are under my feet. Bring those meditations in your prayer life as well, instead of spending all your time making petitions, although it is a perfectly scriptural thing to do. Take some time just to praise God for what He said about you in His Word. Say say this. Thank you, Lord, for loving me with such a great and mighty love. I praise you for making me more than a conqueror and giving me victory every day. One more time. Say this after me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me with such a great and mighty love, I praise you for making me more than a conqueror, and giving me victory every day, amen. The first few days you meditate the way you may not sense much difference in your saying life, but stay with it. And as the weeks and months pass, you'll find that word you've been meditating Is talking over your thinking, taking over your thinking process. You'll realize you're talking differently. You're acting differently. You'll find, like Joshua did, God's word is making your way prosperous and giving you good success. Again, the scripture we started with is, this book of these good words shall not leave my mouth, but I shall meditate in it day and night, that I may absorb, observe to do according to the things written in it. Then I will make my way prostrate, and then I will have success. Amen. Joshua, one, 8, my version. I believe that it's a tool. Our words, our thinking, and the Word of God is a tool. We need to pick the Word up out of the dust, shine it up, speak to it, speak to those words. And make them come alive. Like the bones in the valley in Ezekiel. We make our words come alive through love. Through God's love. What a nice uh, spin on that. I tell you. That's from God. That God is speaking to us. Now. Thank you. Let's go ahead and pray out. Let's pray with uh, Psalm 23. And another good meditation that will. Pick, pick our spirits up. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For the Lord thy God is right with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Lord, The Lord has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The Lord has anointed my head with oil, my cup run it over. Surely goodness and mercy and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen, family. Keep coming back.